Welcome to the Snow West Show. I am Ryan Harris, the host of the Snow West Podcast and publisher of Snow West Magazine. Did you know we've been around for 50 years? Snow West Magazine's been around for 50 years. Really? No, I didn't know that. Started in 1974. Wow, that's a long time. Snowmobile West. I mean, we we were doing the magazine before there were mountain sleds. Uh, 50 years of doing this and seeing a mountain industry kind of evolve out of the snowmobile industry because it didn't start that way. Like, it took forever to get them to start paying attention to mountain riding and all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it's been really cool. Anyway, snowwest.com. Uh, go on there and subscribe to the magazine. We have uh, hats and gear and merchandise. But sitting here with uh, a guy I've wanted to get on the show for a long time, Andreas Bergmark, Red Bull athlete, Lynx athlete, and... Man, we watched the premiere of the Big Five yesterday, the first jump that you did. And my standing there watching, the, and it's on our Instagram if you guys want to watch it, but it gave me chills because it was so freaking scary. Yeah, it's... And, and uh, went it, back and watched it the second time, and the opening clip was the GoPro going off it. Yeah. Like, to see, to realize, I don't know. Yeah. How did, uh, how did that... How did, so, talk about this Big Five series. Yeah, so the Big Five is... I kind of have, like, just this couple of years back just that feeling about missing all the snowmobile movies kind of started like that and I got this idea to to make a movie like calling the big five uh, I pitched that to links and they we talked about it and then before the last season we just kind of decided that we're gonna do do a do the big five but we're gonna do it in five episodes so it's gonna be about five just epic jumps. I'm gonna push my limits as hard as I can, and we're gonna capture everything around it before, under, and after the jump, and try to show people how we think about safety, how how we think about you know all the aspects that you need to consider when you're doing the crazy jumps we are doing up in the mountains. Like that's what we want to show people and to understand. So give us a little background just on on Andreas. Like you're you're over in Sweden. Yeah, you, from Sweden. You're kind of. I mean, if, if anybody's a big jumper in this sport, it's you. Like you're kind of redefining this this whole aspect of that. Trying to, thank you. And it, it's it's mind blowing what you're doing. But this is kind of a throwback to what you're talking about, like Slednecks. Yeah, days like of I, I kind of crazy content. Like Instagram and Facebook and everything, is, it's great in a way. Like, you know, it's a good way for us to get it out there, to show people what we're doing. But it's also the thing that kind of killed the snowmobile movies mm. a little bit. You get... Totally. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of miss that. So this, this uh, five series is a way for me to kind of bring it back a little bit in my own way. That's what we're trying to do. So how did you get into the sport? Well, I just started riding when I was six years old. Um, had a snowmobile there, a skid alone on the backyard, and after that, like I never stopped riding. And the, the terrain over there is different, like yeah, back back home it's mostly like flat flatlands, um, but you can if you take the car like four hours, you have we have decent mountains. We just don't get the same snow as you get like in the U.S. or Revelstoke, Canada. So it's more like spring conditions, what we would consider spring conditions? Is more I guess so. Around. Like We have powder, but it's never... We have always less than two meters under a year. Never more. And your days are short, right? Well, it's... Yeah, in January it's short, but in March it's getting pretty good. And in May, like in May up in Rick's Crimson, it's 24-7 light. You can ride all night if you want to. 
Oh, no kidding? Yeah, you can. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, the sun is passing behind the, the peak of the mountain for, like, one hour, then it come, it's just coming back. But it's... So you can be out. You can be out like all night. Hours. Yeah. It's yeah. like, you, you don't have time to sleep up there. So when did you start doing the big jumps and, and, and that? Well, it kind of just came, like, in small steps, you know? We started when we were small. I did quite a lot of dirt biking, too. Um, so I kind of... I'm coming more from the dirt, like of dirt biking, and I took the dirt biking experience when I was 15, 16 there, and kind of went into snowmobiling more. When I was 18, I got my car. I could drive up to the mountains, you know, and from that, it kind of just, just took off. And you've you've been riding links over there, and and you were riding the links before we got the links in the U.S. Yeah. And so I think you kind of started this this crazy buzz because you just kind of popped onto social media and like oh my gosh what who is this guy yeah i think t 2015 was the year i kind of i had some really good videos on the instagram that mm -hmm. just f took off uh, that's kind of like what you're talking about like you don't post like everybody else does you don't do the daily scene you're not on there not all much the time. not much no you, you post a handful throughout the year yeah like we, we we're talking about like we, we try to only post like the golden nugget like the top one percent yeah of what we do like um that's just the way we have done it um and so talk about your crew you got albin back there yeah i got albin johansson and pontus lundmark like it's my two best friends and like we've been friends for forever uh but we also now have like they both links ambassadors with me so it's Which just is a smart move because those guys are I, those guys yeah. are insane as well. Like the jumps you guys hit, the road gaps and the creeks, yeah, it's yeah. just like the perfect mix of we are all like we're having the backup from links. We're super good friends. We love to hang out and we love to push the limits of each other and help out and just you know we talk a lot with each other when we're making like a, a jump. We can talk to each other like, what do you think? Is it is this good bad like? Is there something we need to think about? You know, should we maybe make it higher up just to make it safer? You know, we can talk with each other back up and, you know. So how do you decide who hits the jump first? Well, we take turns. You know, it's kind of just like... It. So when Albin's jumping, though, you're filming. Yeah. And, and it just kind of goes around. So any, anything you guys hit, there's different angles of it. Yeah. Like that one of, not an issue, but sometimes when we do a good jump, it's like, okay, we got a good jump of Albin. Okay, I want to go too, but we, we can't make the exact same video. So we kind of need to move around to make it look a bit different. Otherwise, yeah. we're just going to post the same jump the same day. Of each other, so yeah. So this summer, one of the ones that went viral was the the water, the backflip over two of you on the water. Yeah, in the spring, yeah. So how did that how did that one work? Well, that's this, more this a plan you had for a while. Oh God, no! It actually more you know Adam Tumelius. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's more on him, I would say. You know, we just go out to hang, have fun in the spring. It was like the last days you can ride, and kind of went out to just do some hamburgers and hang out with good weather. And Adam is like. I want to I want to jump the river. We're like, you want to jump the river? It's like flat to flat. It's like, yeah. Well, okay. Start shoveling. Like, I kind of made a joke to him. Like, why don't you just make a flip over it? He's like, yeah, let's do that. 
And from that, I was like, well, sure, then we can water skip at the same time. He's like, yeah, that's a good idea, let's do that. And then from, from there, we're like, we didn't even plan on doing anything that day. And then we just, you know, end up in that place. But that's the thing with, with, with the right people, you get to that point. So you threw that all together in one day, like shoveled the ramp up, like, oh, yeah. like showed up with hamburgers and hot dogs. Oh, yeah, just a, couple, yeah just a couple hours. Oh, my God. Yeah. That, so you wound up you wound up on the water, right? Water skipping underneath. We did we did two two clips. I did first first I did one. I was water skipping and we had was it yeah Albin Albin did the flip, so we got that one and then we did a, did a second turn with Albin's doing water skipping and me and Adam. We kind of went, made the jump so wide we could do it at the same time. Okay, yeah. So so we did like a. A double flip next to each other, and Albin just time the water skipping underneath perfect. Yeah. So yeah, the picture the picture lo looks unreal on that one. It's the GoPro, like your GoPro when you're above him. Yeah. And you you see him on the ramp, and then you see him underneath you. Yeah. And then you see your landing, and then you're looking back at him, and he's yeah. looking back. Yeah, it's a it's a fun one for sure. It's so is riding the way you guys ride and riding in Sweden. You're are are you out uh, like tree? You don't have a lot of trees there, right? We do have trees. Like it's nothing compared to what you get like in Revelstoke and, and yeah. that. But we do have tree tree riding, but it's not. We ride it, but we don't post that much about it. We just go out for fun. Do you do a lot of riding where you just go out and, and look for features and then start building jumps and try to out jump each other? Is that kind of the game with you guys? Mostly? Yeah, well, like even now in the summer we can go go around. Uh, looking for good places to have landings like making sure that the ground is good and like we can be out looking now in the summer and then in the winter we know oh let's go up to jump that place all right what's been your favorite um i guess jump that you guys put together or or shot that you put together that you posted that kind of went viral like what's the one that oh, stands out to wow you? that's hard it's been a lot uh we got a lot going on too that's not posted yet. So, geez, I'm not sure I can choose with that. Like we have so many things, but I guess I really do like the the first year we had in Revelstoke, me and Adam, when we did the flip over the turtle gap. Okay. That's a that's a pretty unique one. It's like a, what you say, like a new a new step in. Yeah, that's like next level yeah. stuff. Because at, at the peak of that flip you're over 100 feet off the ground at the bottom of the gap well, like the target gap isn't that big well it's it's not that long but if you're up in the air so the yeah you're quite high up yeah, there it's that, that's a high consequence thing i mean you make it sound like it's no big deal like it's, yeah, it's no big, big deal back flipping <laughs> over that no big deal well the thing with the target gap is just the in run is like you have i think we had like eight meters of in run that's it so you know, like you ca you're kind of standing on on a small ridge, and you have eight meters until the ramp, and then you have to do the flip. So it's that's more the tricky part. But you, were you on a turbo for that one? No, that's back. That in, was back in the NA. Yeah, day. that's back. No, before uh, I was in a Skidoo RS. Okay. That's 2017, 18, I think. Oh, was it that long ago? Yeah, really? it's a long. Yeah, the flip in Turtle Gap was that's a long, long time ago. Oh man, that's the first year. I think one of my favorite ones watching you guys, and I, I think all of you hit it. But it's when when you just you're coming up this valley and you you kind of cut a ramp into the bottom of this hill, 
and then you just float. And you showed me on your sled when we rode in Utah how you've got these hooks in the side of your tunnel and you've got this traction glued to the side of the tunnel and how you're using your feet like to go inverted and then you're flying sideways like track first into the mountain and your shoulders lower than the bottom of the sled and you just float and you just land on your side. But, yeah. but land on your side from, I, w I, I can't do the math on the meters, but a long way up. Yeah. Like it's a bomb hole. It is, but it's like it's Either you need to land good on the sled, like with you know the track straight down and the skis straight down, or you can actually, like with doing it sometimes, you just go so sideways that you don't even have to use your legs. You just fall down in the snow next to the snowmobile. And from that, you just go on the gas and you bring it back up. So is the snowmobile taking the brunt of the impact and you're just kind you're, of... Like you're, the sled is over here and I'm just in the snow. So it's kind of just like jumping down in the snow without the sled, but you're you're having it next yeah, to you. Yeah, but you're you're doing like 150 feet distance, and you're falling 40 feet out of the air. Like yeah, what's that? It's it's powder, you know. Again, no big deal, right? Yeah, it's okay. Oh my gosh, have you have you been injured doing this stuff? I've been really really good. Like I had some small, like I twisted my ankle and. Like, I had I had one time we were like I might had uh, a damage in the back, but turned out to be okay. Like just just a bad hit, but nothing broken so far. Like I'm I'm I've been it's a mix between really lucky and trying to you know think about what we're doing. Well, and it's it's a it's a high level of talent. Like this like like you're Sean White level of talent and skill and ability like it, and I hope people appreciate that I hope people go follow you at Andreas Bergmark on Instagram because go back and check out all of the stuff that you've been doing if you're not familiar with with this but the talent and skill level is just high-class athlete stuff. thank you thank and, you and, and it, we don't you know we see a lot of that there's a lot of good riders in the sport but you've kind of taken it to a whole new level obviously you've got the Red Bull support and, and yeah. you're, you're doing things and this big five series how do you control the sled, though? There's a lot of, a lot of motion. The track is spinning. How are you getting it to float? Like you're using your feet. Well, yeah, that's like, just like dirt biking. It's like you ride a lot with your legs. Like the, the, the legs are how you're supposed to control it, and the arms are just to kind of get back into position. Like you're not supposed to use the arm too much. Uh, but I don't know. It's hard to explain. You know, we just ride so much like it's i have so many hours behind the bar that that's kind of how you get to feeling for it like it's it's hard to explain but it's yeah. it's all right let's jump back to the big five so we we watched that one tell us where this was uh pe people are going to be able to see this here in a couple weeks yeah it's going to be out in october i think yeah uh, it's going to be public on youtube uh, on link's website and yeah, this this first jump is it's in Revelstoke, in a place we call the Turtle Gap, and right below that, just two, three hundred meters down, there's a just a massive cliff. And I I did see this cliff six years back. I've been like looking at it and like, oh, that's a good jump. Like it's. So you saw this a long time ago. Yeah, like six or seven years back. And, and, uh, and to, then I've been be back every year riding that area and just taking a look at it and being like, oh, no, it's it's just way too big. I mean, to be fair, this is a mountain and then a valley and then another mountain. 
and you looked at that and said, almost. I'm going to jump from this mountain, I'm going to land on that mountain. Well, it, it's big, for sure. Like it's. I mean, this is not a line that most people are, oh, yeah, look at that, I'm going to hit that. Like, I've been up to people standing on the cliff and like, have you seen this? And people are like, no, I, I can't even understand what you're thinking about. It's a landing down there, like on that side. And people are like, what? <laughs> no. How do you see a line there? How do you see a takeoff and a landing? Well, usually... Oh, hey, Ross. We got we got Roscoe Robinson. Can you hear me, Ross? Yep, we're, we're here, we're here. We're here. All right, we're, talk, we're talking about the Big Five jump that we just watched yesterday. And he's claiming that six years ago he was up there riding and he saw, I'm going to jump from that mountain and I'm going to go over this valley and I'm going to land in that state. I believe that. Like, <laughs> like that was a big jump. Yeah, it's, it's How do you, it's how do you scope the landing on that? Uh, usually when I like, the easiest way to find a good jump is, I'm not looking for the jump, I'm looking for the landing. Like if I see a, a good hill coming down, like a good slope, I'm like, that's a good landing. Is there anywhere close I can make a jump to get there? And that's one of those things. Like I saw the landing, like that's a steep, good landing. Is there anywhere we can make a jump? And it's like, well, up there, or maybe possible. How do you know the distance on that one? We we didn't measure it, but it's around like 50 meters at least. Uh, but what's that? 180 feet. Yeah, but it's a, a it's way. also Quarter yeah mile. it's a long way. Yeah. It's a long way, but it's also like you're falling for 90 feet, like 25 meters. The fall. There's a, the landing is sloping to the right. You have a cliff. There's a gap. You have trees around it. It's one of the most like sniper jump I ever done. So how, yeah, so that was my next question. How do you how do you take that idea and say, okay, there's my landing spot, but there's trees over here, and I can't land here, and there's rocks here, and I'm going to take off from up there on top of that. Yeah, and I can't see my landing on the approach no. until I'm in the air. How do you build that? Well, you just have to really plan it good then. Like this, like coming into the jump, there's no way to see the landing because it's behind the cliffs down there. So before you do it, you kind of set the mark on the other side of the mountain. You pick out a tree that you know in that direction is the landing. That's how you kind of pick out the direction. So on your approach, you're looking at the top of a tree. On the other side, on yeah. On the other ridge. Yeah. And gauging everything from there. Yeah. And then what happens when you pop into the air? Like the GoPro on this, the GoPro footage on this is insane. Yeah. It's uh, when you pop into the air, what adjustments are you making? Oh, hard to say. Like it's just like a normal jump. You just like lean forward, try to get the nose down as you want to. In this case, it was like also you need to push right to to adjust for the landing. The landing is sloping to the right, so push forward, push to the right, let go of the gas, so you get the nose down even more. Especially like big jumps, you need to have the nose down for a long time, otherwise it might drift away. So like airflow, you want the, you want the nose down? Yeah, you usually kind of you want the, the nose down quite a lot, and then you're like just adjusting it with the gas and keeping it, it steady. So talk, talk about that a little bit, like you, you can control that motion, you can make the track move and then stop it, and that yeah. adjusts the attitude on the sled? It does, yeah, of course, like if you gas, if you give gas, you get the nose up, and if you brake, you, you take the nose down, 
but at most times you never want to break too much because if you if you're breaking the track to a full stop you're losing all the stability in the sled and it can just start to drift to the sides like you you never want to lock the track see that's a good tip because i always lock the track it's a great it's tip. just like full-on stab have you ever felt that it kind of goes on sideways i mean on my 20-foot jumps yeah a little bit <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, we're, we're talking like yeah. air traffic flights here. Yeah, like, yeah. you got flaps and ailerons going yeah. on. Like, there, this is a different ball game. There's so much gyro and track speed going on that, I mean, that's why the the snowmobile distance jump is bigger than the moto distance jump. Because they fly, they can fly straighter and you have a little bit more control and they have more horsepower, of, of course. They're just a bigger machine. So, I mean, they just move so much air and that changes the pitch of the snowmobile. Yeah. So what goes through your head on a jump like that? I mean, this is this is one of the biggest jumps I think people are going to see. I got I got really good at focusing right now. Like when I'm doing something this big, I'm really good at taking the how do you say like you know how we get you get nervous before a jump. I'm re got really good to take that away and just like okay, I did the decision to do the jump. Now I need to focus how to do it like just think about all all the things i need to do to to make it and just kind of put the feelings away so i'm not that nervous i'm just more focused and just yeah so what was the landing like on that super bother like perfect like it's not even like i might be down in the seat with my, my butt but it's like it's super smooth because you you hit the lip and you're so you're going up yeah but then you're landing on a much lower elevation like like yeah a big it's elevation far, far away so what's the feeling like like dropping are you accelerating Does it actually we're like we fell, I fell for for such a long time I got that I got more speed falling down so I got the the wind in the helmet actually started to you know when you're going fast you get the the sound in the helmet I got that like half through the jump, it's just like in the helmet. So is this like starting to pull up on your neck and everything? A little bit, yeah. So it's then you know, like I never had that before. So that's kind of how I knew, like, oh, this is it's big. Because it, it, it's not a jump where you can go hit it a few times and then be like, no, okay, no, get the camera's no. out, we're going. There's one, one go, oh, one take. Man. So you got four more of these coming up. Yeah, You've that's the plan. You've shot a few of them. We have shot the, the next, next uh, the second one and the third one. So what's the next one? You'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave that. Uh, is it is it equal? Is it bigger? Is it uh, just totally the different? The second one is way more. It's it's a more technical trick. I pushing the limit on. Uh, it's more nerdy, more technical, and more like we're trying to break down the technical stuff around it so it's not in the same level of craziness but it's I do like it even more than the first episode just because it's we're going through all the nerdy technical stuff I do like to talk about that and show no well, I think that's what's really cool about the episode is there's it it's what, what was it like 15 minutes uh, 10 I think it's 10, 10 minutes yeah. but it but it, it tells the story but it tells the story in the way it's like yeah, don't fast forward. I want to. I want to learn all this. Yeah, I want to hear all this. Yeah, um, nice. Nice to hear. Is it? Uh, do you get scared like planning these out? 
Do you have yeah, I do. I do. I do for for this for this like shoot idea. Like I usually not too to worry, but I had some sleepless nights before this thing about it, just because like knowing that I kind of need to do it before you go there with the camera crew and all that, and you know you're gonna do it. It's like oh, I just hope everything is gonna be perfect. Like with the snow, there's so much that can. You can't control. You can't control the snow. You can't control the weather. So, like, it's super important that everything is perfect. That, speaking of that, like, that was kind of interesting watching that that episode yesterday because the weather wasn't ideal, and you guys it waited wasn't. for a while. It wasn't, and we knew that we have a storm coming in for a couple of days. So we kind of like when we did the jump, it was like it's now or never. Like it's within this hour, we need to do it. Do you, do you feel a lot of pressure in that situation? Like this film crew is here. I've got six cameras. Yeah, a little going. bit. But I kind of like that too. Like I get to rush from that pressure too. Yeah. So yeah, do you have do you have all five planned out? You know exactly what they're all going to be, or are you still kind of floating a couple ideas around? Well, it's flowing. Like we had started on the fourth episode, but we had just crash and crash, crash and crash on that one. So we're still working on it. So. We'll see. Like I'm not even sure. Like we're, I'm trying new things on a new level for myself, and we're not sure if I can do it or not. That's yeah. Oh my gosh! So you got to get through four, and then five's like epic. Five is gonna be good. And hopefully, and, and hopefully. Red, yeah, Red Bull's involved in the filming on that one. Yeah, the last episode, Red Bull is gonna step into, and I'm not sure how that's gonna change anything, but it's. Yeah, they're going to be with us, and it's going to be fun to see how they work, too, just because they have a lot of experience doing, you know, movies like this. So it's going to be fun to see how they can, you know, contribute. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's insane. So talk about, and Ross, you're here, Ross Robinson, mm -hmm. uh, Lynx Ambassador. So we got Lynx, Lynx USA, we got Lynx uh, Sweden, Scandinavia. Home, I mean, the home turf, right? Yeah. So you're you're yeah. right in the background, uh, backyard. Uh, Ross, talk about your switch over to Lynx and then just, <coughs> man, you've just skyrocketed from there. Yeah, it's been, it's been a great, uh, the timing was really insane, actually, um, with where the world was at. I was actually on a mountain bike ride, and I got a couple text messages from an unknown number that just said, hey, want to talk to you about what you have going on this upcoming season. And um, I ended up, you know, giving a call and, and we, <clears throat> at first it was very quiet because it was very, nobody knew Lynx was coming to North America. So the initial discussions were, I didn't even really know what I was talking about or I didn't know it was Lynx. And then after we got into some NDAs and stuff, then it was, oh, they're going to bring Lynx to North America and they wanted me to kind of help be the guy here in the U.S. and uh, see what we can do and, and, and bring it over. So what's crazy about it is I had never ridden the snowmobile, and uh, I knew about the snowmobile. Instantly when they told me, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm familiar. I knew about Bergmark, his whole crew, and his guys, and uh, but I'd never even ridden the snowmobile, and I was like, I'm in. I signed the contract and then uh, flew up to B.C. For a, for a little secret mission to shoot the, that first model year, and uh, it was it was fun. Like... It was just cool to be able to do that, and I knew that if they were going to bring Lynx over, they were going to do it right. That's what really gave me the faith in, like, jumping on board immediately. And seeing how they ride the snowmobiles in Europe, 
it, it also just gave me confidence in in the machine and and what they have going on so and it turned out to be the best fit for me for sure as far as a snowmobile goes it fits my riding style um it transfers from andreas's riding style to mine uh, we have similar riding styles i lean more towards the technical side of things but i also like to you know have fun and then watching him and his guys ride has been a, an absolute treat i've gotten to go to sweden before ride with him in the in the spring and that's where i really like learned a lot about the culture and the brand and also a lot about andreas himself where i knew he was good but i didn't know he's been this good for this long before the virality of instagram and social media has you know caught he's got a hold of that because he has that viral ability which is so cool like when he posts he doesn't post as much as a lot of us do but when he does everybody knows about it he's about 80 feet off the ground upside down yeah so it's been it's been great well and it creates an anticipation which is you know you in the social media world like like you've been taught and trained like you've got to you've got to post daily if anything multiple times a day if you can you got to do stories you got to do all this stuff and so everybody goes around that and it, in a way it saturates you're saturating your own content but man, I sit, I am, I'm like opening my feed and like, did Andreas post today? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> when, when's the next one coming? Because oh. I'm, I'm just ready to like, okay, I'm reposting that. It's just, just guaranteed gold content. Thank uh, you. So when you went over there and you rode, uh, that was last spring, early last spring. Right? Yeah. Yep. In, in 23. Yep. Yeah. Uh, how did that go? It was I cool. Talk about that whole ride because you guys, I mean, you guys were like jumping in the hot springs and yeah it, it was really cool i i was basically thrown into like their crew of like 10 of the best european riders in the world and i had my camera and it was just like the one of the funniest things was i was with him and albin and pontus his like the three boys that run the link show over there and uh they are all talking in swedish the whole time and Albin's like, hey, English, Ross doesn't know what's going on. Like, so bad to one point, Bergmark is just scoping jumps everywhere he goes. And we had a little miscommunication. I, Me and the film crew rode, like, 20 miles away thinking we were going to a different jump. And nobody's there <laughs> one day. And Bergmark is on the other side of Rick Stranson just doing flips without us. <laughs> So it, it was it was an awesome experience. We got to go to uh, we flew into Sweden. We drove to Finland, uh, visited the factory, had like a full like Finnish experience. We're in the sauna with the the lead R and D engineers, just like chopping it up. And uh, then we spent uh, about a week up north, and you know he that's where those guys go. When our season is winding down, and most people are done riding, those guys are like it's the biggest three weeks of their season. Yeah, that's that's absolutely the best time of the year. The last couple of weeks up there in. Yeah, and then I got to ride like his spring sled, and it's like riding bricks. It's like you're there's, the suspension doesn't move until you fall out of the atmosphere, yeah. and then it does what it's supposed to do. Which is crazy because the art. I mean, there were so many people that were jealous. Hey, buddy, get out of here! We got you yesterday. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, there were so many riders that were jealous because you guys had that re, and you've got a phenomenal suspension package on that. But yeah, I imagine what you're riding is is in this like a big part of the winter. We just go with the stock suspension, like in the in the, in the powder. Like when you got good snow, it's perfect. It's work, working great. But in the spring, you know, back home you get this fin slush, and under that is just hard ice. Then we ride like the RS suspension and just turn it extremely hard. 
and for some reason the harder you have it the softer it kind of gets when you're landing and so it's how often are you riding with tapio and the, the engineering team well we don't ride with them like i've been meeting them up in the mountains just like they just hang out in the same place when they're okay. doing the testing yeah they just roll up yeah they just show up and like talk to you with 10 minutes and then keep going testing testing they have air tags on your sledge or you just <laughs> the same yeah area. i don't know <laughs> i don't know they're just in the same place but uh but we talk to them a lot just you know how we if we break something why did it break and you know we, we try to give them feedback about everything we like about the sled and what we see opportunities opportunities to make it better mm -hmm. so yeah because you, you're riding na stuff forever and Ross, when you started out, you were on the model year 22, yep. which was an NA. Yep. And then you're jumping into the new chassis. You got Turbo R. How's that turbo changed your abilities to do stuff, to do all the, the, the jumping that you're doing, the backcountry riding that you're doing? I think for, for me, it's the OEs have reached a place where it's like riding mod sleds that we were building a handful of years it, it ago. Is. Like it's, bu it's buying a mo mod sled. It's buying a mod sled off the shelf that we used to spend gobs of money on in time, and you just pull the cord and go ride it. And like for me, a lot of people don't believe it, but I've the last I have not touched my suspension on links yet. Just like out of wanting to learn the snowmobile and and really understand like where where it is, I just have ridden stocks stock suspension and everything the entire time, and it does great for me. So it's like. It's a it's a great package, and the other great thing about Yanni Tapia is he's a he's a snowcross legend, and he gets it. And it's really cool when he gets to go ride with us in the mountains. He's like, "That was so cool," and I'm like, "You're a legend." Like, I feel the same way about him. Like, so there's a lot of respect and rapport there, and that that lineage of like racer goes so deep in the Lynx history. There was uh, when we were there, I learned a lot about it. Like. Back in the day, Lynx was a utility snowmobile. There was, it was not a performance sled. And they started racing them, and they weren't the fastest. And then they put some, put some special things together, and one started winning races, and it really turned the whole tide of the company around. But without those like initial race wins, it, it never like, would have happened. Like Lynx may not have made it. And it certainly wouldn't have been the performance sled that it is now. Now it is like, we believe Lynx is the, like, the performance sled out of the box and, and the suspension like because because yanni can go out and he needed a better suspension so he created a better suspension and it's a rising rate it's more like a motocross bike rather than a, the traditional falling rate that we always have here and it, it's night and day difference when you're in that rough terrain but american snowmobiling has always had you know through the 80s and 90s has, has had this mentality of like um we're not going to worry about the bumps like bumps suck like we're not gonna try to make that a better because nobody enjoys that everybody just slows down and then you get out in the powder and then we're gonna make a suspension that works well in the deep snow for mountain riding anyway yeah and and we're just like no like bumps are kind of fun and we want to do that faster and hit it harder and but but when you're hitting metal to metal and your shocks are boiling hot and you can't do anything that's where it sucks yeah so, so let's do better and then, man, that first year on that RE, it was like, holy cow. Even the 22 links when it came over to U.S. Because yeah. we watched you, and we were like, we want what Andreas has. But we can't have it. And then it, it comes over here, and it's like, oh, my gosh, have you guys ridden this? Yeah. If we're going to snowshoot and telling everybody else, like, yeah, but have you ridden the links yet? Have you ridden that? Like, go ride that thing. I remember the first time you rode that snowmobile. Yeah. And you were like, what the heck is this? It was really cool, cool experience. And I think with 
the timing also with where Bergmark is and you know you have uh, Andreas, Caleb Kosturki, Brett Turcott, these guys that are like these big aerial backcountry riders uh, like in the modern sled world the the tracks have like started to get shorter again because the snowmobiles are very capable um so now we're riding like we ride a 3700 it's a 46 in the mountains a lot and so now that that sled is available in the states they brought that back here this year which is really exciting for someone like myself and um so to to, to blend that with the suspension package is pretty sweet so what more do you want out of a snowmobile oh like yes. if, if i got this question yesterday Tapio. too like you know, it's it's hard to Im imagine what's possible. Like it's they they kind of have it all, but there's always stuff you can do. But it's you know more about you know what's the next step. They have to go carbon fiber, titanium. Like it's I think to push it to push the limits more now. It's more about you know how what you make it out of. That's how you kind of can push it. I think it's. How we can see it happening. Mm -hmm. I remember back in 2007, like when the M7 came out, like how do, it's not going to get better than this. Yeah. How does it get better than this? Yeah. And look how far we've come then. Like, yeah. Uh, so that that same response, it's like, yeah, but I, we're going to be blown away with, with what they do. Uh, yeah, here. I'm sure we are. Like they, they are incredible at making new shit up. Yeah, and I'd be a terrible engineer because I would have quit. Yeah, it's done. Yeah, it's done. We, we've done it. It's it can't get better than this. Yeah, yeah. 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 What what do you want out of sleds? I, I mean, I think a lot of us always say, you know, faster, lighter, stronger, and we've gone through this circle of like ultra lightweight, fast, and now it's like, how can we go light and strong and be able to like send these snowmobiles? Uh, but still make them extremely light and fun and playful without like too much compromise. So uh, the refinements have been insane. Uh, it, it's crazy. It's one of the only industries where if you're on a snowmobile that's 10 years older on a deep powder day in the mountains than what your buddy's riding, you, it's a totally different experience. Like you're yeah. not going where he's, his snowmobile will go. Oh. Whereas if you're on a motorcycle, like we can go rip a trail and you can be on a 04 bike and we're still having fun. But it's just not, it's the capabilities of the new snowmobiles are, are absolutely insane. So, and we're starting to, the riding is going through almost another change again, especially in the technical mountain riding. Uh, it started like the wrong foot forward, like phenomenon where we were riding wrong foot forward and hopovers and all this stuff. And now we're starting to ride neutral a lot more because the sleds are so narrow and capable and they hold an edge so well. So we're like, why would I hop over? I can... I can accomplish everything by standing right here, little counter steer and technique, and I'm good to go. So it's taking less rider input to put the snowmobiles where we want to go, which allows us to go even deeper, farther, steeper. So it's it's really cool. Like, what is going to be the next move? What are we going to be? How are we even going to be riding as well? And I think that's like something that we try to explain to the consumer is like, here's w why the snowmobiles are going this way. So is this is this movement back to 146? Is is that is that turbo? Is turbo pushing that? Factory turbo pushing that because a 146 can go where a 55 used to go. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. that's a big part of it, and also just the fact I think people we had this like in people were like we want a snowmobile that can really climb the steepest stuff, and we're going more and more back to I want to go out and have the most fun. I just I don't have to 
go the highest. I just want to go out and have the most fun. And a lot of people realize that it's easier to have more fun on a short track sled. Like you don't have, you don't need the deep powder every day. You can have like pretty hard snow, but on a, a 3700, it's still super fun. Like you can wheel everywhere and it's just super playful. And I think I think that's part of why people kind of is going more and more for the short track. So what what did you ride in that first episode of Big Five? Uh, the first one is a 154 NA. And what do you ride most of the time back home? 3700. And in the spring we even go down to 137. So swap, what, swap the track. Um, that's that's surprising that you're jumping an NA rather than a boost than a turbo. Depends on like it's depends on what what type of jumps you want uh, because the NA is more precise. Like it's mm -hmm. yeah, it's more precise in the engine. Um, but when you're jumping, like the turbo is amazing to f to have at some places where you know you have a wind lip that's like a hundred meters up, and you just the only way to get the speed is with the turbo. Right. So there's there's so many jumps we're doing now that the turbo is like a crucial part. Well, and and Ross, what you're doing, you're on turbos most of the time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yep. Because you're at elevation. I mean, Andres, you're riding. Fairly low elevations. Yeah, back you're home. A we lot are. of power out of the yep. NA. Yeah, but so there might be a, there might be a scenario where you are on the same power as you, and you're on an NA and you're on a turbo. Yeah. Well, the turbo is always. Yeah, the turbo is usually yeah. is usually more, but yes, well, it, I mean, exactly. You get more out of it, but yeah, but you're yeah. you're kind of equally yeah. the ground there. Yeah, yeah. And, and you can feel the weight of the turbo. Yeah. Yep. So a little more to control and everything. But yeah. Yep. And and I find myself on these rides with some of these guys in. Like the hill climb boys or like the more the technical riders, and it is like a knockdown drag out of we get competitive, and it's like I call them podium rides. And if there's eight of us and you're not the first three guys up the hill, you're gonna have a tough time because there's there's four foot turbo trenches everywhere. Yeah. So I mean those are those are really fun rides, and and it's also like to the point of like if I'm on a 65 or like a, if I'm on a 4200 Lynx turbo, and somebody else is on a shorter sled, they're like, oh you yeah you got more track like so it's just you can't win you know when we're all battling it's whatever the other guy has it's like it's either a you're using it as an excuse or he's blaming you for having like an advantage so like i rode with cooster one day and he, it like if you, carl cooster loves a long track like he was on a 175 and i was on uh my 3900 so and i i did way more wheelies that day but i was also out of gas way faster because yeah. i was to the bar all day long yeah. so it's really like what do you want to accomplish what kind of rider are you and we have we're at this point where there's sleds for everybody uh, you, like even just in the mountain scene there's yeah. not just one mountain sled yeah and that's the coolest part about it is is we're becoming more more specialized so you can really pick the sled that you want and it's already set up for what you do rather than well, I'm going to go buy the same sled everybody else has, and I have to go make all these changes and um, cut my tunnel, you know, get a Salzile out and cut the tunnel and make it do this and all that. Uh, last question, I'll let you guys go. I know you got to get get running, but um, what did you think of the Jackson Hill Climb? You competed in that, right? Oh, it was just a week there. It's just amazing. Uh, that's, is it two years back now? Mm -hmm. just, to, like, just to see that weekend with like the competition and everything is just amazing like i've i've seen it on youtube for years back home and it's just so cool to finally be there 
but it's also super hard to go there and like I got the sled to to ride with and do the competition but it's super hard to to come in without practice you know and just like get on the sled and, and race so yeah. it was super hard just you know the guys going up there are pros yeah like and, they, and they raced, know what they're doing you raced it the one year we weren't on exhibition run What's that? Where where the course went off to the left because of the, they had that issue with the chairlift. So your course that you raced didn't go straight up that no. long. That long it went on around to the left, and then yeah. last year it came back and went up again. Yeah. Exhibitions. So we need to get you back. You got to come back. Yeah, I would like again. to, but it's also like, oh, if I'm gonna do it, I want to do it right. And if to do it right, you kind of want to practice for you know months. Yeah. I, I think just have yeah. I'm, I know you. I'm sure you want to win. Yeah, that's the thing. Like if you kind of you want to have the option to maybe have the possibility to win, you know? Yeah. If you're right, going to do it, but we'll see. So, uh, how many of the Big Five episodes are going to be out this season? Well, before summer, hopefully everything. So you'll wrap up the rest of them all year? Oh, that, that's the goal. That's the, that's the goal. That's the plan. Uh, but they're all coming out through links, social media channels, yeah. and YouTube. Yeah, it's going to come through links. Uh, Red Bull might be on it, too. We'll see. Uh, and I will also post, you know, on my Instagram that we were putting it out. So, yeah. And that first that first episode we got to watch last night, that'll be out here in a few weeks. That releases in October. Yeah. And if you're listening at home, and you guys have got to check this out. So go make sure you're following Andreas Bergmark, Ross Robinson. The content is unreal. Yeah, you guys do a good it's job, good. Ross. Thank you, Ross. You are you are a whiz with with the stuff. I mean, you just you turn out awesome content and, and you're involved in a lot of other productions with skidoo and, and or not skidoo brp and links yeah uh creating content and, and you guys do a really good job and andreas i know you put out five videos a year on instagram but they're mint he puts out five videos and does <laughs> triple my numbers <laughs> oh, man. all right well i appreciate you guys uh joining us here on the snowest podcast thanks for your time and look forward to the winner thank you ryan thanks ryan appreciate it